love on you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We glorify you, Father. Just love on him tonight. Just love on him, guys. He's worthy. He's worthy. He wants you to know that he loves you. He loves you more than you will ever know. Wants you to have that overflowing joy of the Lord in your heart. So, if something is burdening you today, or if something was burdening you this week, I encourage you just lay it at His feet, surrender that to Him. It's not yours anymore, it's Him, it's His. We worship you, Lord, we glorify you. of every aspect of our lives because we know that you love us. I know that you love me, Lord. I'll never know how much, but I know that you love me. Sing him. Tell, tell him you surrender, surrender everything. Tell him you surrender everything I to him. Don't hold anything I back. Just close your eyes and cry out to him. Surrender your heart to him right now. Tell him. 
holding you back? What's stopping you from surrendering everything that you have inside to God? What's in the way? What's in the way from you crying out to God right now and telling Him that you surrender everything to Him? Meditate on Jesus, who was and is and is to come, the one who loves you, the one who desires for you to surrender everything to him. You meditate on him. Set your mind upon him right now. Set your heart upon him right now. Worship him in spirit and truth. 
pour your love upon him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Guys, don't hold nothing back from Christ. Don't hold nothing back from your Savior. Don't hold anything back from the God who died for you so that he could have a relationship with you. Let's give it up for Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and kindness and your mercy, Lord. We adore you and we love you. Praise God. We got a uh, guest speaker again tonight. The one and only Pastor Aldo Banos. Prophet is without honor in his own house. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, man, y'all made me lose my train of thought, man. I was so in the spirit, and now I just kind of lost it. <clears throat> it's just awesome to be in the house of God, you know, and um, and to worship Him together. You know, it's awesome. Uh, you can tell the difference when we're all on the same page. Amen. 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 So, um, I wanted to speak a message tonight, but I, I don't know. We might, we might go, we might go somewhere else. And I ain't never done that, but hey, it is what it is. But um, we're we're singing at the end there. I surrender all. And um, I kind of just wanted to touch on that a little bit. You know, we um, sometimes we, we think about when, we, when we're surrendering all, we think about, okay, you know, all the junk that I got to go ahead and surrender. And that's good. Don't get me wrong. You know, God wants, to, wants us to go ahead and surrender our sin and surrender our bad habits and, and surrender all those things to him. But the other thing that we have to understand as well is that our talents, you know, and our gifting, God wants us to surrender that as well. And the thing is, is this, is that sometimes, you know, um, we, we might have talent and, you know, it might be attractive to go ahead and use it elsewhere outside of the will of God. And this is a dangerous thing. And the thing is, is that, you know, it might be effective, but it might not bring fulfillment as, uh, as far as what God has purpose and why God has given you the gift. Let me give you an example. It's kind of like, like um, let's say you're putting together, I don't know, something, a birdhouse, let's just say. And uh, all you have to use is pliers, okay? So you're going to go ahead and use the pliers to hammer in the nails, right? Okay, that's not what the, what, what the plier was created to do. However, that's what you're using, using it for. It might be effective, but this is not the purpose of the tool. A better tool to use would be a hammer because that is what the designer designed it to do. 
designed it to withstand that hammering and that hammering and the hammering way. Because let me tell you, when you use a tool for the wrong thing, what ends up happening is you end up breaking the tool. And now it's not serving the purpose for which you tried to go ahead and use it for, which was outside of its purpose, but it doesn't function in its purpose either what it was created to do. And sometimes it happens to us. We try to use our gifting somewhere else, and it's just not where God wants us to use it, and so we end up broken. So we're no good for what we were trying to do, and we're also not good for what we were created to do. Amen? That's just a little something-something for you, all right? You guys got that? Did everybody follow that, hopefully? Good? Sorry, that's the teacher in me. So I was watching television, and... um, I was looking at a commercial. Y'all ever heard of David Moss? Yeah? Yeah? David Moss, Toyota? Yeah? Y'all say, okay, what, is, what does that guy say every time? Right, he always does this, but what does he say? David Moss, Toyota. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And so I, th- I was thinking about that, man, and I'm like, man, whatever it takes. So you mean to tell me that you want to sell me this car, whatever it takes? That's a pretty bold statement. Whatever it takes. Well, it's going to take a lot to go ahead and sell me this car. But you know what? At least the guy is willing to go ahead and go out there and say, you know what? Whatever it takes. And we don't just hear this on, on the television, but we also hear this in school. You guys got to do whatever it takes to make good grades. So what does that mean? What does it mean, whatever it takes? Does it mean that, you know, I got to stay up to 2, 3 o'clock in the morning? Sometimes that's what it takes, right? But if you're committed to getting it done, you will do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. In politics, let's talk about politics. Sometimes, you know, people that start out in politics, sometimes they start out with a good heart. They genuinely want to go ahead and, you know, conquer the world and, you know, make it a better, better place, which is a, good, which is a good thing, making the world a better place. But somewhere along the line, sometimes they, you know, they fall into what's called compromise. And so, you know, where they start at one end, you know, where they were gung-ho, and then when they come to the other end, they, they, they go ahead and have compromise. Why? Because they want to elevate themselves to a certain position. So they do whatever it takes, even if it means that they got to go ahead and switch from what they originally, the original plan which was to save the world and make the world a better place. And sometimes it happens in sports. In sports, it happens, too. You see these athletes that, you know, well, let me just give you, a, give you a, an example. My little brother. My little brother wanted to play football since he was in middle school. So finally, he got to high school, and he had the opportunity to play football. So he didn't understand, though. You know, he thought it was just running out there, putting some pads on, and hitting people. You know, he was like, yeah, hey, I'm down with that. So I remember the first time he came home from practice. It was late. It was like 8 o'clock at night. And his face was just pale. He, like, dragged himself in. And I'm like, man, what happened to you? He's like, I'm like, what? I'm like, what? And so he he never told me what he said, but he was like, mm, just leave me alone. So I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess they worked him pretty hard. But let me tell you, that boy wanted to play football. So what happened? He was doing to make the team to make sure that he played, right? Amen. 
And so we're willing, you know, to do whatever it takes. But are we willing to do whatever it takes for the kingdom? Amen. That's the question. Turn with me to Matthew. Um, or just look on the screen. <laughs> 18. It's the first one. Matthew 18. 8 and 9. You guys can't see it? Oh, I feel it. Yes. Thank you, Anthony. You're the best. Matthew 18, verses 8 through 9. All right. And the word of the Lord reads like this. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. And cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. Okay. So this is a very extreme, sort of extreme statement, right? So what it's saying is that, look, if your hand causes you to sin, it's better that you lop it off. Because in this life, you will be maimed, but in the eternal life, at least you make it, right? So this is, cutting off your hand is a small sacrifice to, pray, to pay, right? Small sacrifice to pay for eternal life. Because this life, right, is temporary. It's but a vapor, the Word of God says. So, are you willing to pay the price so as not to offend God? Because let me tell you, sin offends God. It is as if you take your hand and slap God in the face. Why? Let me tell you why sin offends God. Sin offends God because that is a thing that separates him from you. Right? That is the thing that separates him from you. God's love is big, 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 and unimaginably big. Can't even say the word. But you cannot, there's no depth to it, there's no height to it, there's no length, no width to it. It's just big. But the thing that separates you from him, from having a relationship with him, is sin. And so that's why it offends him. But once we begin to understand what sin is and why, and why it's so disgusting to God, then we don't want to offend him. And so this is, this is why it's so extreme, because it's like, you know what? I am willing to do whatever it takes as to not offend my God. Amen. So if, you know what? If my hand causes my, me to sin, I'm going to cut it off. If my foot causes me to sin, I'm going to cut it off. If my eye causes me to sin, I'm going to gouge it out. Why? Because I don't want to offend God. I'm committed to loving God, right? We, are, we say that every Sunday. I'm committed to loving God, right? Okay, so if we love God, what does the Bible say? If we love God, we will obey his commands, right? So we can draw from that. If we do not obey his commands, then we must not love God, right? Right? Right. Okay, so if we say that we love God, then we got to be committed to loving him. So if we're committed to loving him, then that means that we got to be committed to obeying him. And so if we're committed to obeying him, the way that we view sin 
is in this way, that you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes as to not offend my God. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Okay. And so sometimes obeying God is painful. I'm not, I'm not here, sitting here saying that it's easy. And I'm not, saying, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, I obey all the time because we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen? But thank God that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, right? And purify us from all unrighteousness, right? Uh, what, what memory verse is that? First John 1 John 1.9, yes. She knew it. I knew she knew it. Okay. Because uh, she recited it in my house yesterday. So, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so sometimes it's painful to obey. Sometimes, you know what? You're going to offend your friends by obeying God. And that hurts. I don't, look, I love my friends and, you know, I don't, I don't like to go ahead and be made fun of. Well, sometimes I do because it's funny. But, you know, most of the time I don't like to be uh, made fun of the brunt of a joke or whatever. But, you know, it's a small price to pay when you're obeying God. Sometimes people look at me like, eh, let me give you an example. This girl told me, she's like, hey, you know, why don't we, um, we have to do a, uh, what's called a service learning project. And basically what it is is volunteer work. So we volunteer. And she said, hey, why don't we, because the teacher's not going to know, why don't we just go ahead and write whatever, and then we'll just go ahead and turn it in, right? We'll just say we worked X amount of hours. And I'm like, no. <laughs> that would be lying. And she got mad at me. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to offend you. But you know what? I'd rather offend you than offend my God. On, Amen? Amen? And sometimes that's going to happen. And, you know, you're going to hurt some people's feelings, and, you know, you try not to. But if it comes between hurting somebody's feeling and, hurting and, and, and offending God, I would rather go ahead and, and hurt my friend. Because you know what? It's just a feeling. They get over it. Amen? Okay, let me tell you something. Sometimes, you know, it hurts. I had a friend. His name was Nathan Thiesman. No, not, not, not that Nathan. And so Nathan Thiesman, he wanted to go ahead and do whatever it took to go ahead and hang out with the Banos brothers because we were, you know, we were cool like that. I don't know. I mean, looking back at it now, I'm like, what? Anyway, so he wanted to hang out. So my cousin used to live with us. And so y'all ever taken, um, y'all see those uh, air fresheners things, the sprays, like the Glade spray? Okay. You ever try to go ahead and, like, touch it? Like spray it and touch it like that, and it like gets real cold or whatever. Okay, so we were we were in the habit of doing that. We we're like, see who could last longer, right? Okay, I advise you, please do not attempt this at home because of what I'm gonna tell you. Okay, so this kid, right? We're like, <laughs> he came over, and we're like, all right, man, if you want to hang out with us, you gotta go ahead and you know, gotta go ahead and withstand <laughs> some trials, some hurt, some pain. So my cousin was sitting there just spraying at his forearm, spraying at his forearm. And, you know, this is like tender right here, right? So he's spraying at it, spraying at it. And then uh, it got real, like, red, like purpley. And we're like, wow. <laughs> we touched it. It was, like, really cold. We're like, all right, cool. So we hung up for a little bit or whatever. And then he went home. So later on that night, you know, we have a knock at our door. 
We're live. Late. Who's coming over to the house? So what happened? So the person you know that was at the door was Nathan's mom. And Nathan. <laughs> Apparently she was a nurse. And so she comes over, she's like, Look, look what your sons did to my son. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> and yo, it had it had given him a chemical burn on his arm. And it was, yo, we thought it was bad when he left. When he came back a couple hours later, it was all like shiny and stuff. It was, ooh, it was bad. But the thing is that he was trying, he was committed to doing whatever it took. Whatever it took, if he had to endure some pain, some chemical burns, to be our friend, he was committed to doing that. That's right. That's right. But how many of us, when we're put to the test, when we're hard-pressed, do we give in to the pressure and we say, you know what, God, I love you, and I want to be committed to loving you, you know, but when the pressure's on, I'm good. I'm, I'm not willing to do whatever it takes. I know. I know. That's sobering. That's a punch to the face. I know. It's okay. It's all right. So sometimes we're willing to obey so long as it doesn't hurt. Let me break it down for you. When God tells you, you know what, this is not the one that I have for you, you need to separate from them. But God, I love him. That's not what God has for you. Jesus, I want that car. Lord, you know. Lord, you know I'm going to take care of it. And I promise to be in church every day. On time. And stay late. I will. But when God says, no, that's not what I have for you. When, uh, you know, the pastor comes over and says, look, need you to go ahead and tighten up. Mm-hmm. Tighten up. Need you to go ahead and, uh, you know, you can't be doing that anymore. Can't be going here no more. Got to bring some correction to your life. Ooh. I don't know about you, but I hate getting corrected. But you know what? I know that God has placed men and women of God in my life. For that same reason, so that when I kind of go a little bit this way, they can be like, hey, what you doing? And it hurts. But you know what? I'm committed to doing whatever it takes so that I can be the best Christian that I can be. Why? Why? It's because he loved me first. It's because he was committed to doing whatever it took so that the relationship, the broken relationship that I had with my father in heaven could be restored, even unto death. Let me tell you, nobody's died for me. And if somebody has died for me, they haven't died for me because of my eternal sin debt. There's only one. There's only one that was committed to doing so, committed to living the perfect life, committed to dying on the cross, a brutal death, a, a death that was that was just embarrassing, naked up on that cross, for you, for me, committed, doing whatever it takes to restore that relationship. Turn with me to um, Luke chapter 9 and verses 59 through 62. 
And this is Jesus talking. That's the he. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Let me, let me tell you something. This might seem like, oh, well, you know, he's just going to go to a funeral, right? Right? That's what it looks like, right? What happened is that he was like, hey, look, let me go bury my father. Because once they bury the dead, that's when they go ahead and receive the inheritance. So he's like, Lord, you know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't quite trust you with my future. Let me go ahead and try to secure my future. Try to have something here that's going to secure my future. And then I'll follow you. Different, right? Wasn't willing to do whatever it takes to follow the master. The next verse says, but he did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. That's the next verse? No. No, no. We're doing 59 through 62. We're experiencing some technical difficulties here. Okay, thank you. The next verse says, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Next verse. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And then 62 says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. Sometimes, you know, we try to look back at the good times, right? We're in the work of the ministry and we're like, oh, man. Longing for what was. Let me tell you what the problem is with that. When you plow a field, you got to plow in straight lines. You can't plow this way and then come in over this way because you got to maximize your crop. You got to maximize the harvest. So if you're sitting here and you're trying to plow away and you're looking back, come on, man. If you were working on a real farm, you'd get fired because you know what? You ain't paying attention. You're Billy Rayan, paying attention to something else. Paying attention to what happened back then, what was, the good times, quote unquote. You know what? Sometimes, you know, we look back at things and we, we remember things or whatever. And that's, this, look, there's no, there's no, there's really not a problem with, you know, looking back as far as, you know, remembering how, you know, times were good or whatever. The problem comes in is when you, that, that is your daily practice. You daily look back at, you know, what was and what could have been and whatever. Look, we are the here in the here and now. You can't change what happened. What happened, happened. It's over. But what we got to be is committed to following God now. You know, and sometimes the enemy will try to go ahead and dig up your past and be like, yo, man, you remember when? And now you're trying to go ahead and call yourself a Christian. Now you're trying to be in victory. What? Come on, man. Let's not lie to ourselves. But the thing is, is that God, when God forgives, God forgets. He's not like us. We forget, but I'm going to remember that. Mm. Amen? That's how we are. So when God forgives, he forgets. So why is it that sometimes we go ahead and hold on to that stuff? Man, you know, yeah, I, you know, I did that, and that was so wrong. And what you doing? God has already forgiven you. He's like, okay, done. It's over. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and continue in the work that I began in you. He who has started a good work will see it to completion. God wants to see it to completion. He doesn't want to go ahead and give it to you halfway. 
No, he wants you to go all the way. But are we committed to doing whatever it takes to go all the way? And that's the thing. So we got to be encouraged. When we're going through those hard times and we're looking back, we're like, man, I remember how it was. You got to remember, that doesn't compare to how good it's going to be. So you just got to go ahead and muscle through those tough times. Sometimes you just got to suck it up, buttercup, like my sister Crystal says. Sometimes that's what you got to do, unfortunately. But you know what? Your blessing and your breakthrough is coming. But you just got to go ahead and persevere. Amen? Amen? Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32. Now I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And I'm winding down here. You ready? Okay. She's like, I was ready last year. All right, good. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise him. It says, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath. Wrath is passion, rage, a bad temper. Some people have a bad temper. It happens. Some people got a bad temper. Some people got a good temperament. You know? It happens. It happens. And resentment, anger animosity and quarreling quarreling is brawling mm. arguing clamor somebody loud contention somebody loves you know just to go ahead and stir the pot just for the sake of stirring the pot just want to go ahead i just want to argue with you mm -hmm. instigators and slander or evil speaking abusive or blasphemous language you know what falls under this category? I'll tell you what falls under this category. You know the harsh joking? Mm -hmm. When you cut people down? Hardcore? That falls under that. Evil speaking. We are supposed to be vessels of blessing, not of cursing, not evil speaking. I got a witness in the house. Hallelujah. It says, all these things be banished from you with all malice. Malice is spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind. I was like, man, that word baseness, what is that? Baseness is anything that is morally low, without esteemable personal qualities. Anything that is dishonorable, like cheating on your tests, mm, dishonorable. You better study to show yourself approved. Mean-spirited. You ever mean anybody that's just mean-spirited, just do things to just spite you? You ever meet anybody like that? Can I tell you a story? Let me tell you a story. Okay. So I used to, you know, you all know that my, my parents were in, a, in the, my dad was in the armed forces, right? He was in the Air Force. So we used to move around a lot. So um, we were stationed in Nebraska. If you ever, ever get a chance to go to Nebraska, don't go. Number corn and beans. It's hot, hot in the summer, and it's cold, cold in the winter. So I'm sitting on the bus, you know, minding my own business. Earlier in the day, um, I had to sit with some older kids because for some reason on my lunch table, there was no room. 
we I don't which I don't know what happened that day because we all had assigned seating, so maybe there was some special thing in the schedule or something. Anyway, so I ended up sitting with some older kids. Mm hmm So I'm sitting here, right, with uh I was uh I was wearing a, a shirt from uh from a Christian camp. So some girl looked at me and she was like, Jesus freak. I was like What does that mean? I'm like confused, but I saw her face, so she was like just mm. So I'm like, okay. All right. So I finished eating my lunch, thought nothing of it, got on the bus, and as I was making my way home, you know, um, I felt come here come here, Pastor Chad. Sit sit right here. Sit right here. Sit right here. Take it easy. No, no, I'm gonna take it easy. So I felt this. She was um no, she didn't want me. <laughs> let's let's hope not. So, you know, I was sitting, minding my own business, right? And all of a sudden, I feel this. And I'm like, man, I was like, I was like, what's up with that? So, you know, she, I, I saw her, I saw her like behind me, but she, you know, had the innocent look. And I'm like, man, what? So then you can go ahead and go back. Thank you. So, um, so then I'm like, man, what happened? And so you know, I'm like, man, scratch. And back then I had a lot of hair, right? I was like, probably, probably long, a little bit longer than than Robert. And so I was like, man. And I, I you know, I, w I would, I put gel in my hair back then. We had gel. And so, um, and so I was kind of like feeling around my head, and it was kind of sticky. And I was like, man, what is that? So I was like, man, and I was. Smell my hand. I was like, it smells. Since my hand, it smells. I was like, man, it smells minty. Yo, this girl. When I got home, my mom was like, ¿Qué te pasó en el pelo? What happened in your hair? And I was like, Yeah. She. Was, I was like, What you mean? I was like, What? What? And she's like, There's like a huge piece of gum in your hair. And I was like. How mean! I didn't do anything to this girl. I I was like, yo, I didn't. I there was no provoking or anything like that. Nothing. So my mom ended ended up taking peanut butter, and uh, combing combing it out. So anyway, if you, the moral of the story is, if you ever get any gum in your hair, use some peanut butter to get it out. <laughs> so, let me tell you, that was mean spirited. There was no type of provocation, no type of nothing, and there also was no retaliation on my end because I was like, whatever, man, I don't know that girl. You know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe she was mad because maybe her parents going through a divorce or something like that, and she was trying to take it out on somebody else. At least that's what my mama told me. It made me feel better. <laughs> so there you go. This our mean spirit is selfish and cowardly. Cowardly. Why would it say cowardly? We'll go back to that. And become useful and helpful and kind to one another. Tender-hearted, meaning compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted. Forgiving one another readily, not like waiting a week and a half to talk something out. Not waiting two weeks, a month and a half to work something out and coming up in here with an attitude and just not, not an attitude of gratitude or of thanksgiving in your heart, 
but just an attitude, you know, towards people. That hinders your worship. It, there's no, there's no, you don't get that loving feeling when you're in here and you have strife with your brother. So we need to forgive one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. Let me tell you, I was talking with, with a brother uh, yesterday and I was, he was like, man, it's hard to forgive people. People stepping on your toes, you know, people telling you what to do or, you know, coming at you with an attitude and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Do they deserve your forgiveness? No. I say, yeah, you're right. They don't deserve your forgiveness. I said, did you deserve God's forgiveness? Yeah. Yeah. So you see, God forgives us. And so we in turn must forgive others. Why? Because if we do not forgive others their transgressions, there is no. Hear me, people. There is no forgiveness for you. I didn't say it. The Bible did. So that's why it's important to forgive freely, cowardly, cowardly. Why, to be, why would it be important not to be cowardly? Well, let me tell you this. God has given us not a spirit of fear, right, but of boldness and of a sound mind. So let me tell you, sometimes, you know, sometimes we, we're, we're a little afraid, you know, to in the relationships that we have with our friends, you know, the people that we know, we have sometimes we're, we're a little scared to go ahead and bring Jesus up in the mix because we're like, oh, we not, might not be friends no more. But remember what I said earlier? Remember what I said earlier? It's better to offend your friend than to offend God. Amen? God has called us. Like it says here, we're committed to reaching others. Because we want to be annoying? No. <laughs> no, it's not because we want to be annoying. It's because we should, with the love that God has loved us with, that should motivate you to talk to your friends. That should motivate you to make sure that you know your verses that you need to know when sharing. Because people are going to ask you questions. Remember, people aren't, sometimes people ain't going to pick up a, a Bible and read it for themselves. You'd be like, okay, you know, hey, here the, here's the Romans road. Go read this. If you have any questions, come back. And I'll go ask my pastor. And then come back to you. No. You got to know for yourself. You got to know for you. Because the thing is, is that I'm not able to go to the places that you're able to go to. That's just how it is. You know what? You are an extension of the body of Christ. The same spirit that is resident in me is the same spirit that is in you. The same power that Christ has empowered me with, he has empowered you with. The same way God has called me to be a witness for the kingdom, he has called you to be a witness for the kingdom. Wherever you are, in your school, in your jobs, wherever you go, wherever you frequent, wherever you make friends, you are the one. You're the one that has been sent there. Not me, you. So that's why it's important not to be cowardly. It's important because God has not given you that type of spirit. He's not given you a spirit of fear, but of boldness and of a sound mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I, I'm getting ready to close here. Really, I am. If you would turn with me to um, James chapter 5 and verses 10 through 12. And the last point that I, I, I want to make is that when we are willing to do whatever it takes 
you'll see the blessing of God over your life. Be why? Because we're being obedient to him. We're saying, Lord, you know what? I don't care. Whatever it takes, man. If I got to lose a couple of friends because of you, then I'm going to lose a couple of friends because of you. But before I lose them, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to let them know before they go. James chapter 5 and verses 10 through 12 it says, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Sounds fun. Next verse. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. It's getting better. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And 12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no no, lest you fall into judgment. Let's go back to Job for just a moment. Y'all know the story of Job. Are y'all familiar with the story of Job? Okay. Come here, Nathan. Okay. Stand right here. This is Job. Job was the man. Job had... A whole bunch of possessions, right? Had a whole mess of stuff. Job was doing pretty good. And all of a sudden, calamity. He done lost everything. All his sons. And then you see the people lining up. Everybody died except for me. I escaped to bring you this horrible news. <laughs> time after time. Once this one was almost done speaking... Another one came, and the other one, he wasn't even done speaking, and another one came. Horrible. All the sons, the daughters, all dead. dead. Done. Done. Over. Over. Sit down. Stop talking. Go ahead. You're good. Sit. Sit. Thank you. Okay. Good job. So, let's go to Job chapter 41, verses 10 through 12. And no, don't, wait, 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 before we go there. This is the thing. Sometimes when we go in, we're suffering through stuff. We don't know the end. Just like Job. Sometimes we're able to, right? When we, read, when we read the story of Job, we know the end, right? We're like, man, this kind of sucks. Let me go ahead and uh, turn to the end. Ah, everything worked out. Whew, thank God. So what happened? Was Job able to flip to the end of the book of Job and find out that everything was going to be all right? No. He wasn't able to. And so what happened? So what happened? Job had to endure, right? He had to persevere. And not just that. What happened? Job's friends said, you know what? Job, you did something. I know you did something. You must have been text messaging during service or something. <laughs> Maybe. Just confess, Job. Confess to the Lord. Job was like, man, but I ain't been text messaging during the service. I ain't been doing nothing. I'm good. I don't know why this has befallen me. This is horrible. But skip to the end. 
once he had endured and persevered all the way to the end, we read Job chapter 41 and verses 10 through 12, and it says, what? Forty-one. <laughs> Verses 10 through 12. Sorry. Or it says, No one is so fierce that he would dare stir him up, who then, stand, who then is able to stand against me. Next verse. It says, Who has preceded me that I should pay him? Everything under heaven is mine. Next I would not conceal his limbs, his mind. No, man, this is not the right one. I know, that's what I told you. Man, I wrote down the wrong scripture. Anyway, what it said was the following. It said, and I'm going to paraphrase here, obviously because, huh? Maybe it's 40. It's the last, yes, yeah, the last chapter. Here, let me see it. Okay, you got it. Okay, it says, I would not. Well, go ahead, come on. 42.10. Crystal, you should know by now. Man, 42.10. Thought you memorized the Old Testament. What's wrong with you? I know, I'm just kidding. It says, and the Lord restored Job's losses. What did he do? He restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job how much? And y'all know, twice is nice. As much as he had before. Next. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before, everybody that had left him, came to him and ate food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a gold ring. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. So he got blessed, didn't he? Mm. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen. That means that he had 2,000 oxen and 1,000 female donkeys apparently donkeys were all the rich everybody wanted a donkey yours is pink and mine is blue that's an inside joke for my wife um so god blessed him god blessed him for his perseverance for his endurance because he said, you know what? No matter what it takes, suffering. I mean, it's one thing to have everything taken away from you, but it's another thing to go ahead and have boils on you and you have dogs in the street licking your wounds. And Endured all that, and God blessed him. Will he not bless you? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But are you willing to do whatever it takes? Come on, young people, stand to your feet. Close your eyes and bow your heads. This is not a time to talk. It is a time to...